We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Hey, welcome to the Mark Reardon Show. Brad Young sitting in for Mark today. He should be back on Monday. In the meantime... I get to hang out with the cool kids like Sue Thomas. Hey, Sue. Oh, I'm not sure that's... Hello. Oh, I'm not come, sure. Are you kidding me? You at, at my house, you are cool because we're always listening to see if we're going to get jammed in traffic. All right. So you are the cool kids. I like it. And, uh, and it's Friday. Of course, we know what Friday means. And I, I enjoy Fridays because normally it's the Reardon Roundtable. But when I'm in on Fridays, it's the Reardon List Roundtable. So, of course, joining us today is the uh, former head of the Missouri Republican Party, Gene Evans. Gene, good to see you again. Good to see you, too. And uh, also Democrat State Representative, President of Crawford Butts uh, Insurance Agency, Steve Butts. Good to see you again, sir. Brad, good to see you. And I was a little concerned about the lights because with both you and I in the studio, it, the, uh, with there's our a lot heads, of glare. there's a lot of glare going on in here. So I hope, good lighting. I hope that's not a, not a problem. Uh, and a person who's always got good lighting, it's like... Um, uh, touched by an angel. Oh! A- every time you go, she's got great lighting. Okay, Here's and that's Jane Duker. Touched by an angel. Yes, that's. I get I mean, I accused you, of Jane, that a lot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I get, come on. I mean, that's like common knowledge, Jane. Of course. <laughs> Hello, Brad. Um, Thank you. you. Say things like that. You know, it's all good with you'll me. You'll come baby. back next it's Friday. I'll come back next well, Friday. Well, see, what I what I like to do is I always like the argument style of strangling with a velvet glove. There you so, go. So see, I butter you up and then that's I take right. out take you out the knees. That's, that's how, yep. just that's that's my style. That's my style. It'll work. Uh, Speaking of style, who has more of an abrasive style than Donald Trump? I want to kick off the roundtable today because, of course, he made his announcement like who was shocked by this. Uh, But I guess my question for the panel is anyone and I'm going to start with Eugene. Is anyone truly excited about Trump? announcing that he's going to run for president again. Oh, yeah, there are people who are truly excited about it. I think he still has a base. I think his ceiling is pretty low at this point, and it's not going to get higher. So he is not growing his number of supporters. I Mm -hmm. think he peaked. And, you know, in politics, we talk about a floor and a ceiling. He has a decent floor. So, for example, if there were 10 people running for president, he might be able to win that. But his ceiling is not high enough for him to win the presidency in a general election. And a lot of people are starting to recognize that. Uh, even people who really were behind him before voted for him are starting to recognize that he is not the future of the party. Right. Um, he's part of the past. And in order for the Republican Party to be successful, he really can't be at the head of it. And and so you're going to and there's always like a little infighting after elections and things like that. But there are there are a number of races that could have or should have been won. Um, you know, Doug, Doug Ducey is a tremendously popular governor in Arizona who didn't run 
for Senate because of a feud with Trump and he mm-hmm. wouldn't get his support. And, and, you know, that seat's gone. And there are others, too, where the Trump candidate got enough of a, um, a pump up from Trump, uh, Trump pump, as they say, in the primary, but then they couldn't get it across the line in the general. And not only... Did you you not win that one? But there's a lot of coattails from that, as we have seen in states like Florida, where DeSantis ran on his own without Trump and brought a lot of people along with him. And I think the party is looking for leaders who are team players who are going to bring others with them that can can speak to a greater constituency. Well, I look at Trump. Listen, I'm a I'm one of the strongest conservatives you'll ever meet. And yet I look at Trump kind of like. He's an ex-girlfriend that simply won't go away. Time to get you know, a restraining order. He keeps hanging out. <laughs> he's hanging around. I'm telling him it's over. Listen, it's over. We, we're we not right. going out anymore. And I look out in my garage uh, or out in my window in my driveway in the morning, and there he is peeking in my windows. I'm like, okay, enough is enough. Yeah, it's creepy. Uh, That's a good analogy. But, uh, but Jane, how is this? Isn't this a net benefit? Uh, for Democrats, if Trump runs, yeah, I mean, I yeah, I mean, because you know, I mean, everybody wants to run against Donald Trump. That's fun, but, but I also think that time is going to probably take care of that. Because I mean, I, I mean, just looking at the, the little of the talk show hosts that I watch anymore, but, um, you know, they're all piling on, and they're all so. I mean, I think people now have the courage to say we're done. They didn't before, but they do now, and so I think um, that that's going to work. Um, you know, and he'll he'll make a mess, which will be fine. And um, he'll make debates weird. And, um, you know, but I, I he is the kind of person I don't see. He's like full blown narcissist. He's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, so he is going to make it, you know, difficult. He's going to have to sort of get. But I but I got to give DeSantis credit. He's sort of I think he knows how to handle them. The best way to handle a narcissist is to just not and ignore them. Yeah, just ignore, ignore them. them. It and, kind of seemed, don't you think it seemed the night when he made the announcement, you know, not only was his speech kind of boring and weird, that's kind of normal, yeah. but yeah. the crowd was bored. And it, it was strange. You know, you're just not used to seeing that. And I think that just shows that the limelight has faded yeah. and he just doesn't know it's time to well, head was to and play golf. That he didn't do a rally in his announcement. It was like the it was the, kind of the people in his inner circle. Maybe they tried. Um, they couldn't get the crowd. Yeah, he can get a crowd still. Trust me. I mean, come yeah. out to St. Charles and get a huge crowd in, in most places in Missouri once you get out of the down the city right like if you get out in the rural areas especially you're going to get a crowd for for donald trump in almost any state here but he's also you know been exposed for some of his fundraising tactics you know two years ago i was going through this thing where you know he had lost the election he was saying he was winning he was raising money for his pack all these you know donors are saying oh we want to just give it to donald trump we want to give it to the president and he said he was raising it for georgia but none of that money went to georgia and he's done these joint fundraising deals where he sends out this note. He's going to support Herschel Walker or whomever it is. And he keeps 99 percent of the money and they only get one percent. You mean he's been caught being a fraud? Imagine Shocked, that. I tell you. Shocked, I tell you. Guy? I'm... Shocked. So people are catching on that he's not a team player. And, and if you're at the top of the ticket, you have to have somebody at the top of the ticket who is a team player that wants to bring others along with them. Otherwise, you're just not going to be successful and it doesn't matter if he's president, if nobody is with him in the House. He can't win the presidency, mm-hmm. but you've got to be a consensus builder. Steve, uh, and I want to take I want to build on what Gene said. And if you look at the results of the midterms, those who distanced themselves from Trump did pretty well. 
Republican wise. Yeah, they did. And Democrat and, and Republicans rather who were closely aligned with Trump by and large. I mean, not exclusively. Oh, no, uh, JD Vance, JD Vance would be uh, an exception, exception to that. But by and large, those who identified with Trump uh, did not do well. Is that a kind of model that you would see moving into 2024, where at least in terms of trying to be a consensus builder, there's nothing a consensus building about Trump. But in terms of support, is he going to get support only from those who are closely aligned with him? And then, uh, as Jane suggested, get the cold shoulder from other Republicans? I do think that. And, you know, a little bit to Gene's point, those of us in the room here, we know Politics is a team sport. The guy is absolutely not a team player. And, you know, I, I just think the ship has sailed, and uh, the results of this past election showed that, and I think that other Republican candidates are going to stand on their own two feet, follow the DeSantis model, and uh, probably try to more than get on the DeSantis model, but get DeSantis backing. It seems to me that's that's what the fight's going to be for the future of the Republican Party. So one of the things that, that Ron DeSantis does in Florida that a lot of people don't know about is how much how hard he works to raise money and support other legislators in her state in his state. So that's the kind of thing you want to see from the top of the ticket, whether it's a governor or a senator or president, someone who says, you know, I need to get out there in the trenches and do what it takes to help this person get across the line. And hopefully we'll see less of this, you know, Republican name calling with rhinos and this and that, because you don't win elections by exclusion. And Carrie Lake, for example, mm, said, point. you know, if you at a rally, if you voted for John McCain, get out. I don't want your vote. Well, what a terrible thing to say in general. Right. But two, you're telling people not to vote for you. You don't win elections by subtraction. And, and right now she would she would have wished that those John McCain Republicans maybe would have voted for her. Right. Right. Given, given the narrow margin of what people loss. are starting to realize they need everybody under the tent, the rhinos, the moderates, the 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 right, whatever. Every we need to keep that tent and keep everybody in it instead of kicking people out because they don't pass some sort of purity test. Oh, yeah. Now you're getting into Democrat territory. <laughs> <laughs> Build a consensus. Build a team that works. Yes. And don't exclude people. And I, making I, everything smaller. It I doesn't don't help. I think you will see elected leaders, and they keep pushing um, some of the elected leaders to, to say, are you with you know Trump or whatever? It's very wise of them to just talk about unity and not make a statement because a lot of their supporters do still follow Trump. And we do need unity, and it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense for the party to, you know, if you stand against yourself, right, you fall down. So I think you won't, you're not going to see a lot of elected leaders necessarily coming out and backing DeSantis or saying anything negative about Trump. Not yet. Well, the problem is, is he's going to push the envelope and he's going to force people to choose and it's going to get at some point. I mean, Trump's going to do that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, has. of course. Right. Yeah. You know, he's and he's going to, you know, keep forcing people and, you know, and hopefully that means that he'll just, he'll, his world will get smaller and smaller, you can hope. Hey, we're going to take a break here. Uh, when we come back from the break, though, we I think the I think President Biden is going to be celebrating his 80th birthday coming up here uh, before the end of the month. And uh, I don't know the exact date. It's not on my calendar. But uh, but he is celebrating his 80th birthday. When we come back from the break, I want to hear from the roundtable here about how uh, Trump announcing he's going to run. Does that impact the Biden decision uh, to run one way or the other? And if it does... Does Kamala stay with him on the ticket? Brad Young sitting in for Mark Reardon today. Hey, we'll be back right after this on the St. Louis Home for Conservative Talk, 97.1 FM Talk. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Well, it's actually the Reardon Lust Roundtable, but, you know, I'll, I'll cut him some slack on that. Sue, I didn't know if you were uh, choked up because of the, you know, the Taylor Swift concert ticket debacle. Well, our uh, producer, Abby, was able to get four. Way to go, Abs. And wow. it took her. Hopefully, she hacked some. It, well, man, she it said it. it took her five hours and nine minutes. That is, I mean, okay, you want to talk about, and I mean, I know that DOJ says they're looking at them. That is a monopoly. They're acting this like is. a monopoly. And this, you know, whatever, this dynamic pricing, that's monopolistic behavior. This is anti-competitive. It's it's absolutely gouging customers. And that, uh, you know, I'm sad that, what was it, in 2010 when they allowed Live Nation and Ticketmaster to merge? Merge. That was a mistake. DOJ should never let that happen. The FTC should not have let that happen. Um, this is highway robbery. Um, so, you know, when the when the artists can't stand it, the ticket, you know, the, the ticket buying public can't stand it. That's a real indicator that you got a problem. Right. And having said all of that, Sue, uh, tell Abby I'll give her 250 bucks a ticket. <laughs> you know what? She may. she may. She may. I couldn't care less about seeing her, but I could I could resell them really uh, yeah. fast. She may. All right. Totally. All right. I'll let her know. 250. All right. That's, and I got cash. So it's, it's not <laughs> Okay. It's you not have just gone up in the rankings. <laughs> uh, one of the things, we're, of course, we're on the Riddleless Roundtable today. We've got uh, Gene Evans. We've got Steve Buss. Of course, Jane Duker. And we, we went into the break talking about uh, the, the Trump announcement that he's running for president. And now we hear, uh, and thank you, Steve, looked it up. Uh, president Biden's 80th birthday is, November on, the 20th. is on November the 20th. We'll be sending him a card. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, sure, absolutely. I'll Actually, I'll send him a card, uh, but I will send him an email. So hopefully then he'll send me a thank you and it'll cost him 47 cents. No, they get franking privileges, so it doesn't matter. In any event, I want to start with you, Jane. Mm-hmm. Does does the Trump announcement increase, decrease, or have no effect on whether Biden runs for re-election? I'm not sure it has an effect because um, I think um, what I what I do want to say is a lot of people, including me, underestimated him. 
with with regard to this midterm, and he did better than you know any president does in a midterm. So I, I got to get him give him credit. So you but, can. But say does what he you want. really get any credit for this? Because oh uh, heck yeah, you don't yeah. him going to Pennsylvania. Okay. Come on, him and Barack Obama. Yeah, that both of them. Yeah, no, he did get voters out. I I got to give him credit. He went on the road. He is a team player, even more so, frankly, than I would say a lot of people would say about President Obama. Um, Joe Biden has always been a team player for Democrats. And so I think it showed. Um, So I think, um, you know, I'm not sure it does, because I think the chaos on that that could ensue with a with a Trump run, um, I think will be interesting for Democrats. Um, But I I think he's weighing his decision and, and I'm not sure he's made it. And frankly, I would be curious to see who would be in line if it's not him. Steve, uh, how do you see this impacting, if at all? And if we assume just for discussion purposes that he is going to run, because that's what he said up to this point, uh, does, does Kamala Harris stay on the ticket? I, I would say Kamala Harris would stay on the ticket if Joe Biden does decide to run again. I, I have no insight on this except to say that common sense tells me a little bit what we're talking, you know, during the break. There comes a point, I, th- I think, when the, the whole country just wants to maybe move on to another generation of leaders. Mm-hmm. And I clearly Joe Biden is the front runner right now, but it would not surprise me if he is not uh, our candidate in 2024. Right. It would not surprise me. I, I do, do think, think some of the, of the younger guard. governors, I, I, I think everybody's ready to turn the page. His, when Joe Biden first came in, people that voted for him, I think their number one reason was we just want to do bring sanity back, have, lower the temperature, Bring some stability. I, I think he's accomplished all those things. But but With he also midterm. But he also, Steve, ran on this idea of being a unifier. And yet, if you look at how he embraced the progressive agenda on so many issues, did he really unify anyone other than the Democrat base? Yeah, I no, I I think he did. I do. So yeah, okay. So. so you know, he had a, he had a few bad months there. You know, with the progressives, but on on balance, even this election shows that. I I yeah. do think he has unified. The country. He's gotten independence. And look, he's talked exactly. a lot about the progressive agenda, but what really has been implemented in the progressive agenda is, is nothing. Is, is Gene exactly. <laughs> no, no, you know I'm what? Sorry. Maybe maybe the approval rating is wrong. Is it not a right. better indication? The polls were wrong the about polls? the red wave. No, <laughs> not at all. Because 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 people could go in, in the house. People can go barely, into the voting barely. booth. People can go in the voting booth and say, I, I don't think that Joe Biden as the president can find his bottom with both hands at a flashlight and still say, I don't want to vote for a Trump supporter because I Absolutely. like them even less. That's part yeah. of right. But that's right. not being a unifier. Right. But, well, I mean, I, I, enough people voted along with him in the midterm to make it the most successful midterm we've seen in decades. Way more well, than anybody would have well, predicted. Here's Correct. the other thing, too. In 2020... The, the, the Republicans won a lot of House seats back. And so there wasn't as many opportunities in the House in the congressional races as there often is, you know, or there would have been in like um, 2010, for example, because they hadn't done redistricting. And there was a huge wave that came in with Obama and a lot of that waved back. So I, I, we were already the Republicans were already in a better position to take the House back and they didn't need to win as many seats. The, that's and, a good. That's a good talking point. I'm. I'm I mean, I'm. I'm happy the way you've tried to spin that. But I mean, that everybody what you was were talking the day before. That's the right. Everybody was, and I, I believed was it. I, mean, I believed I it. I was wrong. Did. Like we all thought it was going to be a red wave. I thought it was going to be a red wave. Right. And and trust wasn't. me. But I will say this: looking back in August, 
it in August, it looked like it was going to be a bloodbath for Republicans. And then as we got closer to Election Day, it looked like the red wave was coming. And it ended up being something in between, which is probably about what it should have been. And these races, a lot of these races were really close. I mean, look at Georgia, super close. Nevada, super close. Um, Arizona was somewhat close against, in some cases, really bad candidates. I mean, Dr. Oz is not even from Pennsylvania, Right. No. Like, I don't know right. that he could have found it on a map. Until no, recently. I don't think so. So some of the candidates and, and if I was in you know, Pennsylvania or Georgia, I would be going, really, these are my choices. And, and honestly, it could have happened here. So good on Missouri Republicans for getting together and nominating Eric Trump, who took care of business, because had they not, it could have been. Eric Schmidt. Freudian wanna, slip. Is that a Freudian slip? Eric Schmidt. Eric Schmidt. Eric uh, I was right there with you. Why do you have Eric Trump on the mind? We need to <laughs> know, <laughs> people. Inquiring minds want to know. Knock out Eric Greitens well, and, and won. Because if, if if the third party candidate would have stayed in it would, and Eric Greitens, something, there could have been another seat that went to the Democrats. So I think that Missourians showed how to do it right. And now hopefully some other states can figure out, like, you've got to have a good candidate. You can't just go with the guy that is most Trumpian. Well, but before we move on, I, I want it on the record. I, I don't think that that Biden is going to run. If he could be assured it was against him against Trump, he might because uh, unless you could put a corpse in there, they're probably going to be Trump in in the general election. Uh, but since you've got to make that decision a long time before, uh, unless you're a sitting president, I right. mean, I think he probably has a little bit more leeway on time. He might, but I, I just don't think he's going to do it. He's it, but if he's going to bail, that then would another Democrat 80, needs the time. Right, that would place him at 82 when he runs and 86 at the end of his term. I don't see that happening. Uh, and despite what he said, I don't think that uh, that Biden is going to run for re-election. Uh, we did though see. Speaking of people stepping out because of age or longevity, uh, Nancy Pelosi out as Speaker of the House. Uh, Jane, I heard. Uh, I think I heard uh, Newt Gingrich. So this is not a political thing, but I think I heard Newt Gingrich say that she was one of the most effective speakers Absolutely. of the House, even though Newt and and I would certainly agree no, with Newt. No, you don't like her. Don't like her. Right. But right. you have she to acknowledge effective. that she was very effective. Oh, she was incredibly as, effective as the speaker of the House. And as frustrated as people would get, and you know, people wanted to demonize her. There was a reason why she got elected, and I mean, she was the full package. She was strategy. She was the the ability to raise money. Um, the ability to get votes when needed. And, um, you know, she got her job done. And so, um, and I, my favorite part about her, I mean, she used to just tie Trump up in knots. I mean, that was my favorite part of watching Nancy. But I I agree with Steve in that I'm kind of glad that we're going to turn this over. Um, I think it's time for a new generation. Um, I would like some younger leaders to step up. And um, I think we'll see that. And so I don't know what Republicans will be able to talk about if they're not demonizing her. They're going to have to actually talk about stuff now. So um, I think it'll make it more interesting of a debate. Steve? Another thing on Nancy Pelosi, I think, that was interesting, the way, sure, she could be more than a thorn in the side of uh, the MAGA crowd and Donald Trump. She also kept the AOC and the squad crowd somewhat, you know, yeah. Somewhat controlled, and they did not control the narrative. Actually, and I think, she did. I think he, that was a hard. I think, I think she was hard harder trip. on them than the president. I think she kept them in line more than the president did. I think the president probably appeased them more than she was willing to do. So I respect her for that because I think she realized that you know doing that would be detrimental to the party. Yep. Gene, how do you see this as a the passing of the baton here? I think it's great, and and I agree. I mean, you got to respect her strategy in that. I mean, I, I I say the same thing about Mitch McConnell. I know a lot of people don't like him, but as a tactician and as a politician, 
he's done a really good, really good job for a lot of the reasons that Democrats don't like him or, or, or reasons for Republicans like me to say, well, he's done a good job of this, that or, or the other thing. Is he going away? I don't think so. Um, he's really got a, and there is no. I mean, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. There's a lot a lot to see. But also, in Missouri, we elected a lot younger group of folks coming in this year. So you're going to see a younger um, state senate and a younger state house because more younger people have have gotten engaged. And I think that that's good. I mean, at some point we got to retire over here and let the younger folks take over. But it's also good to have wisdom. But I do want to say one thing about Biden. I think you're right. Like if, if it's a DeSantis, because it's not Trump's not going to be the nominee. I just don't think he can win it. But if he's up against a DeSantis or a Ducey or um, a Tim Scott, he can't just hide in his basement like he did against Trump and just let Trump like make people hate him more. If it's a mm-hmm. an energetic Republican out there, you're going to have to have somebody who can go toe to toe with him and keep up with them on energy level. And, and Biden's not going to be able to do that. Yeah, that's why I, I just don't I don't I don't think he's going to run. And we did see that it looks like uh, that the uh, Democratic caucus chair, Hakeem Jeffries, is going to be the minority leader in the House. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> isn't he an election denier? I, I just love how we, we've got this label now. If you're an election denier, that only means that if you're a Republican who denies the outcome of the 2020 election. Yet I was looking through uh, some of, uh, of Hakeem Jeffries tweets and he was negating multiple elections, including the 2018 uh, Georgia Republican race right. and other races where he would say, no, this is illegitimate. And uh, can you be an election denier if you deny an election other than the 2020 uh, presidential election? Jane. Well, I mean, I think I think Republicans will try to turn him into one. But the, the, the bottom line is like his election denying to the extent those comments say what you say um, didn't result in, you know, a coup at the Capitol. I mean, that's that's a whole that's why the the election denying that I think people are most associated with are the people who denied. And then, you know, January 6th happened. That's a whole nother level than people calling into question, saying something negative that I don't think this went right or there was something that went wrong with this election. Um, I'm not familiar with the statement, so I can't really talk to them. But I also think that I think when you cause a coup at the Capitol, that's a whole nother level. Okay. And Steve, before I, I'd like to move on, well, you got a comment Just on that. Just real quick ahead. on that. So, I, and didn't you think this past election too? So, another really good thing, a positive I took away. There was a bunch of people that conceded publicly and did the right thing. And, you Democracy know, and shook the other person's I, hand and said, it takes you know, "We'll fight so next long. time." I mean, they are still counting votes in places, and that just causes people to doubt. They've got to figure it out in some of these states because it sows seeds of doubt amongst people when you can't get this figured out and count these votes. And, it, and, and a lot still, of those are military ballots. Like, for example, in Missouri, those are military ballots. And right. Missouri right. had this done on, on election night, and so did Florida. Correct. But in, in California, they're still counting votes. What's going on there? They they have mail-in ballots, and they're still counting votes. I'm just, just imagining. It takes longer with the mail-in ballots to count. Well, they should that count is them the, when they come in. I know, but I'm just I'm just imagining. Days. Weeks. I'm just imagining Weeks. that Google-eyed guy uh, in, from Florida with the dangling chad. Uh, out there, you know, he's still looking at every vote well, that's why individually. we had Hava, and we got all this money so people could upgrade their equipment, and yet we still have states that don't decide. I mean, I agree with you. I think I think they need to get it together. If their laws are requiring months and months and weeks of extra election time, hmm. they should change them. 
Hey, right. you know, there's no place you can have more fun on a Friday afternoon than right here Clearly. on the Reardonless Roundtable. Uh, hey, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we've got more topics to discuss. Don't go away. 97.1 FM Talk. You're listening to the Reardon Roundtable right. on 97.1 FM Talk. I'm going to bring this a little bit more local. And, Steve, I want to start with you because longtime downtown booster Aaron Perlut says enough is enough. And he moves and is moving his office out of downtown. Your thoughts? So, you know, um, so I'm a big booster for the city of St. Louis. I love the city. Um, But when you come downtown, and there are parts of the city that are doing very well, but when you come downtown, we're downtown right now. Just look outside. You will... You know, don't be a denier of this. Come to downtown St. Louis and see how few people are actually here and the vacancies that exist. This, it is very, very difficult to have a central downtown location that exists only on sporting events. And I feel like Mm -hmm. that's where we're going. We, you know, the pandemic hit us really hard. I think we did have a chance, you know, of having a nice upward mobility trek two and a half years ago, but we didn't have a lot of collateral in the bank. So all that is shot. And now with the working change of people still work remote and hybrid schedules, there has to be a way to just rethink downtown St. Louis. But I guarantee you, people do not feel safe. City residents don't come downtown. Mm-hmm. That is that is certainly issue number one. Issue number two is the vacancy level um, it, walk around the streets of downtown St. Louis. There is a vacancy sign on every single office building in this place. Yep. There has to be a unified approach to say if we're going to have, and you know, maybe our region's too small to have two downtowns. Maybe that's really the issue. Maybe Clayton is the real downtown now. I, I hate to to sound like that, but it kind of feels that way to me. Gene. But well, Clayton doesn't have the arch, and they don't have the riverfront, and they don't have all that you know, all the history and all the Union Station and all the Bush Stadium, all the cool stuff that's downtown. I, I I'm frustrated by um, what I thought was going to be um, an organization, Greater STL, that was going to bring together all these different chamber type groups yeah. and do something. But you talk about you know we have election deniers, we have crime deniers. Not Seriously. recognizing that, and so one of the articles I I read in the Business Journal recently was about. How these businesses, it's not just the crime rate, it's the fact that nobody seems to be acknowledging it or addressing it here. Because they know every downtown place has some level of crime, some, you know, worse than others or whatever. But how is it being addressed by folks in the area, the mayor, the chief of police, the prosecutors? And when they look at St. Louis, we have this crime denial. And so businesses are going, well, if they're not even going to acknowledge that crime's a problem, mm-hmm. how do how are they going to begin to address it? So like that's like the first step of whatever the steps well, are. People, admit you have a problem. Business people are being told we have too much police. They're being told by the administration we have more than enough police. And and it's we have more per capita, even though that is not that, the way you determine it. No. You determine it by the number of calls. And when, you know, police officers go on duty and they've got 23 calls in the queue and you've got maybe five officers in an entire district for an entire shift, we're lucky if you have five. Um, they I can't mean, even respond to the 911. There'd probably no. be twice as many calls if somebody picked up on 911. Right. But we, they haven't People have given up. Out. People have given and that, and this is what this is what people need to realize. You know, Aaron was very vocal about the reason why he was leaving downtown. 
most people, they just move with their feet and they just go. Yep, right. and, and before you know it, there's not going to be some big protest. There's not going to be some big confrontation. People are just going to walk. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's some that can't, sadly. So I feel sorry for them because they have to stay like hotels. It's not like you just get up and move your hotel, you know. No, no but, but you close the but hotels. But you close them. And I mean, you close look at grocery that. stores and you close things because it's too hard. So... I mean, we do have a we do have a crime denying problem, and it just got worse with the election of the president of the board. Right, and that's what I want to come back full, to with you, Jane, because defender. because a lot of times uh, uh, people think of crime as not necessarily being a political issue, but when you've got progressives in the city, whether it's Kim Gardner, whether it's our mayor, whether it's our now president of the board of aldermen, when you've got these officials in the city who deny uh, crime is a major problem Mm -hmm. and also think that part of the problem is too many police. Mm -hmm. This is a political problem. It it, it is. And but, you know, I I will say the voters get what they voted for um, because, I mean, it's going to be that much more difficult to get a crime plan now. And um, so in the Board of Aldermen, I mean, you know, I just I feel really sorry for people because maybe there are just big groups of people who don't feel it. But I, I don't know anyone in the city that doesn't feel it. And but maybe there's big groups of people who don't feel crime and or maybe they didn't vote well, that as their number one issue. Everywhere I don't know. Too. I mean, I was thinking about this the other day. I, I now have a security system on my house and I have a dog and I have firearms like I don't know if I would have even thought about that 20 years ago. I mean, I live in St. Mm-hmm. Louis County and everyone would say I live in a safe neighborhood, but crime is everywhere. Well, but he's denying it, too. He said crime's going down as the chief came out today and said he's putting together a task force for car thefts because, you know, it's that bad. And, you know, but I thought crime was going down. So now I guess it's after the election so we can tell the truth. But um, <laughs> or and, and then I like how they say we're holding we're, we're doing something about it because we're going to hold the manufacturer responsible and i'm like you know what i am allowed to leave my car running in my driveway with the doors unlocked you're not entitled to exactly. steal it right i don't care mm-hmm. what's wrong with your car i'm all about suing the manufacturer if there's some kind of representation they made or whatever and maybe there's a claim i'm not sure how you know crim- intervening criminal acts affect such a lawsuit i suspect it does on some level but this idea that we that everybody else has to do things to stop crime as opposed to just stopping the criminals. Mm-hmm. So now all the innocent people have to watch what they do, get a boot on their car, um, yep. you carry know, a gun, carry a gun, do whatever it takes to feel mm-hmm. safe. And that's when you have that's when people really get frustrated. And I'm, we're starting to see it. We are, Steve. So, I, I want to ask you this on the mm-hmm. same topic. And I'm going to add in another uh, layer to the same topic. And that is we're seeing now after the election that uh, the city and the county uh, and the uh, Convention Center Bureau are now starting to talk about the RAM settlement money, $500 million. Uh, and, of course, that— Better late than never, right? Better late than never. That's <laughs> Better right. late than and, never. And as my wife says regarding the $279 million that went to the attorneys, it's always good to pay the lawyers. That's my wife's statement. <laughs> but having, having said that, having said that, Steve, do you think some of that money should be earmarked towards crime prevention because we can all agree. And I know it's not going to happen, but we're talking about should. Uh, Do you think any of that money should go to that? Because we all acknowledge that crime is the biggest uh, impediment to growth in our region. Okay. So if you're asking specifically, should it, I, for the Ram settlement money, I'd say no. I would say no. I I would say no. It's it's one time money. It's not going to happen. It is, it is transformational money. And you know, our ongoing crime problem, which, by the way, since I've lived in the city really since, you know, 
1959. We've been talking about crime in the city the entire time, but in downtown St. Louis, it used to be a busy, crowded place. And things do have the feel of being a little scarier when Mm -hmm. there's just less people around. So it's wonderful to have the new soccer stadium. If it wouldn't be for sporting events and some cultural things, there'd be no reason to come down Mm -hmm. here. It's hard to transform from, we used to be a a city that had a lot of workers came into it Mm -hmm. and went out, so it was busy here during the day at least. I did for 20 But that isn't true anymore. And so that whole getting the city, the county, the St. Louis business community to say, is downtown St. Louis, can we somehow reimagine downtown St. Louis? Getting people to live down here is a big part of that. I, I do believe that. And we have to be attractive for startups to move into the city. That what's going great at the Cortex region, you know, and we're going west from downtown. Mm-hmm. You see how great that is. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about the city, there's parts of the city that are doing fantastic. That's a good example. But you know what they're told. You better get a CID. You better get some kind of taxing district so that you can keep your area safe. And you, and are, it, you do have and, to do that right now. And it turns every single neighborhood in this town into some sort of tribal, you know, place where they have to put up walls and, and get security guards to keep their own neighborhood safe because the elected leadership refused to do it. You know, this whole idea that if, if you're going to privatize security, you know, well, let's do something differently then. And give everybody their tax money back. Because I I don't think businesses should have to pay extra for security if they don't want to. I think it's the city's job to provide that. I think Schnooks is being treated terribly. Mm -hmm. And they've done everything they can. And this idea that it's it's incumbent, again, on the people not committing the crimes to somehow make their life safer. The blame is not going to the criminals. It's not going to the criminals. It's exhausting that more blame does not go to the criminals. I mean, that that is the case. We have 6,000 pending application of warrant cases. Oh sitting in wow. Kim Gardner's office, going from murder all the way down. Okay, that they're called pause. It was 4,500. Now we're up to 6,000 applications just sitting there. Hmm. You Gene? can't, Yeah, you can't treat your good neighbors like Schnooks, who's always been a great like corporate citizen. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then you treat them like dirt. And, you know, you, you can't keep doing that because they get tired. They vote with their feet. They move out, right. whatever. But we have others like that, too. And we've lost some businesses. And again, they might not make an announcement. We're leaving because of crime. They just leave. They just leave. They just leave. They just leave. And that's that's what we're looking at. So it, it's got to be addressed. I don't know what it's going to take. They did o- end up opening the jail back up, didn't they? They're, they so the, some the, the jailhouse. Yeah. Oh, you mean the annex? The annex. Yeah, the workhouse. They, just, they annex? renamed the workhouse to the annex. Oh, yeah. well, only if there's a, only if there's a riot. That makes it more attractive. Then so yeah, I mean something's got to be done. So, but the, and it's easy to say something's got to be done, and of course we're not going to solve that in the next hire minute. Hire pay, pay uh, police officers, but is hire, a real good. Start. And then you made it also. You brought up this point, and we only have a minute. But but this whole idea that these individual districts are having to hire uh, private, in essence, private police forces, uh, that then, and I just wanted to explain this further. Doesn't that then place each individual private investigation district? I forgot what the C- C- or oh, community yeah, community improvement district. districts. Against each other because they're competing for a finite number of police officers. Yeah. Correct, aren't they? Correct. So, and, you, and do you want unaccountable police departments? Little, do you want that's little? That's basically mini, what they are. That's what they are. Right. And so you're encouraging that those who can afford it to get their own police forces who are unaccountable. Is that really what we all talked about when we talked about police reform and talked about? No, but now that you're defunding, you're causing that problem. Exactly. Hey, we're gonna have to wrap it up there. Uh, I want to thank Gene. Uh, you, I. 
Thank you for coming in today. It's always great to be with you on the roundtable. Good to be here. And Steve Butts, uh, very good to see you again, Thank sir. Thank you, Brad. It was wonderful. And Jane, as always, it's a pleasure talking to you. Uh, hey, we got more stuff coming up next hour. Uh, Jane, you going to stick around the next hour? Yeah. Fantastic. More coming up on the next hour of the Mark Reardon Show. Brad Young, don't go away. Get more at 971talk.com. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.